Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, crypto traders around the world, as well as newly our triad members. Back with another episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, and I'm going to be sharing some internal updates primarily for this episode. A little bit of crypto news, but no underdog today. There will be underdogs next week, but I have some internal news very important for you guys. First, then we get the particulars out of the way, including our new particular update. So CryptoTalkRadio.net is the site. If you have not visited the site, I encourage you to check it out. It has changed. It is different than what it was. Arguably improved. You can now listen to our audio directly from the site if you want. I know there are some that were listening on Substack. You can now listen directly on CryptoTalkRadio.net. The player will follow you around. So you can click and view all the stuff. We have our review section. We got our first review up there, and I appreciate Frantic for his review. Frantic, of course, is one of is actually our first triad member. If you don't know about the triad membership, I'm gonna take the time to announce right here, right now. There is no other place I'd rather be. Um, the triad membership. I talked about it, I built up to it. It's here, it's available. You can sign up now if you want. I'm going to have a little bit of a pitch in our preface every episode going forward. I'm not going to spend too much time on it because I'm trusting that you guys see the value in it. But I am going to introduce it now going forward. Expect me to cover it. So check it out. CryptoTalkRadio.net in the upper right corner. It says Triad Member. You click that. When you get there, it's going to give you the three membership options. This is specific to CryptoTalk. I'm not going to bore you here with all the different benefits you get, but I think it's well worth the, the money. By doing so, you're supporting the show, supporting our continued delivery of the quality that you expect and our commitment to continue raising the bar every time. Because that's what we want to do. The money will be used to support the show. I'm reinvesting all of it back into the show. The more people sign on, the easier it is for me to step it up. There's a lot I want to purchase to improve even audio. And you're like, well, your audio sounds great. Yes, but I'm my own worst critic. I want even more. I want it all. Brand new socks and draws like Warren G. So, Triad membership. Becoming a Triad member helps the show out. We appreciate that. Also, the subscriptions. Everyone listening to this that was subscribed on the notifications should have received the notification for last, uh, the Tuesday episode. That's the new template going forward. Check your spam if you don't recall getting it, but you should have received it. It will then tell you when the new episodes come out, and that's going to notify again this evening. Please do let me know if you run into any issues. I see when you can open. I see when you open it so I can tell that people are getting it, which makes me smile. You can't tell, but I'm smiling. I want to make sure I'm taking care of you guys at all points. I got a new subscription. It went to Substack. I don't know how they got that, but I suspect it's because they're listening to an old episode where we're still telling you to go to Substack. One of the tasks that's going to go on the board is for me to go through and clean up the descriptions on every episode. There's a lot to that because I've got hundreds of episodes at this point, but I need to do it because some of the instructions were not accurate. Second, I'm going to put actual show notes on every single episode I've done, which was never there because Substack, arguably the, the box they give you was not sufficient for what I needed to do. Now I'm on anchor. Now I'm going to have real show notes. The benefit of that for you is that they're going to show up. They're easy, more easily searchable for different topics where you might be looking for or you recall an episode and you want to find it, the show notes is going to be my key to giving that feature back to you if we, if you were interested in that. So I'll be working on that as one of my many, many tasks. As far as the tribe membership itself, again, if you want to get in, go ahead and get in. It's live. You are free to. We're going. I am going to actually do a live, even though I only have one supporter on there. 
And if he wants to join me, feel free to. The live is primarily going to focus on my analysis of some of the cryptocurrencies that's going to be coming up next week. The other bit of internal news around next week, I got the notification I was waiting for, which is the shipment of the equipment from my new endeavor, Hercules, Hercules. So this I take as affirmation. Everything is good to go for my new endeavor to start on Monday. There's a couple of kinks to work out, but they're nothing that tells me that it's not going forward. So that's great. Now, the thing is, I still have to do the recordings on the shows. I have to do recordings on casual talk, which is going to be due on Monday. Monday's when the endeavor starts. The plan is that the client has told me basically the, their contact is going to be sending some information to me. He's not going to be there till Monday. So Monday's when I'm going to get my start on the new endeavor, but it's going to be later parts of Monday. So it won't be exactly in advance. I won't be ready to go right away. So I'll be right on deck for casual talk, which is great. And then of course, crypto talk on Tuesday will be a good to go as well. The other bit, I did the announcement on YouTube that is going to now be its own. Basically think of it as its own program under crypto talk radio. So picture in your mind that we've got basic cryptonomics, which is the core program under the show crypto talk radio. We've got the NFTs that matter, and I'm going to be reaching out to the guest that I talked about to have her join me and start talking about NFTs. However, it got me thinking that now because of feedback I've received and other changes, what the YouTube itself is now standalone. It basically has its own audience at this point. It's got its own traffic. It's got its own community. And I figured I would create its own program. So this will be a parallel program to basic crypto. Basic cryptonomics will then become the podcast, the full podcast you're listening to now. And then we've got on the other side, this new brand I'm going to be creating. I've already built the artwork. If you're a triad member, you get access to that as a, as a podcast that you can listen to with the basic cryptonomics in one podcast app, which is cool. So that's another reason for triad is if you're trying to just make sure you follow all the different coverages that we do, the triad membership is going to be your best bet unless you're okay going to YouTube for those coming to the podcast for those. Some are okay with that. That's cool. That's always free. Never change it. But for those that want it all in one basket, the tribe membership lets you do that. You can subscribe to the main podcast as well as this new one as a podcast and hear the audio that I publish over there. It also links you to the YouTube if you want to check out, like I just did one that has actual video on it. Now, let's go ahead and get into some of the external news, some of the stuff that's happening. You may have noticed we're seeing some green candles come out. You may have heard me on previous episodes. I speculated that we were going to see some potential bullish behavior leading into May and June, fresh off of tax filing and people potentially getting refunds and the theory that they might actually invest it into cryptocurrency. Didn't know for a fact. I suspected that might be the case. Don't even know now that that's truly the case. Just the timing is rather convenient to start seeing green candles. Not every project is green. Things like Seifu from the car salesman is actually red. And I wanted to take a moment, and this is part of my external news, because I've been hot and heavy releasing various content about liberal financial on the YouTube side. And it occurred to me that people really don't understand this. Like the liberal team, in my opinion, sucks at explaining this. And it's frustrating a lot of their, their community. And many people have reached out and asked me to provide more imagery and more support and try to help because I see something there. I can't tell it's legit, but I see something there. And it's an intriguing way they've got it built. Well, people are now questioning, 
with the Seifu and Titano and all these other ones. I had somebody ask, you know, is there some list of these? And there is, but none of them are doing it like Libero. But I wanted to take a moment to kind of break down the difference and why you see different behaviors in some of these. When you look at something like Seifu, Seifu's bill, the way that they created it, when the when the it's bear season, right? Things are down, things are red, things are having some issues, people are selling en masse. Seifu's contract is built to basically throw money at it to help stabilize its price. So it's spending on persisting that graph value. Liberos, just as an example, takes that money and it starts paying, it pays you more in Binance USD. So rather than throwing it back to the project, it just throws it at you. So the Binance USD rewards you get go up as the price goes down. This caused a bit of contention because the Seifu team took this as an opportunity to truly FUD and say, look, Libero's crashing, it's dead. When it wasn't dead, people that were holding were actually getting enriched by the project more than everybody else who was down. Because think of it this way, and this is something I didn't say on the YouTube, but I'll say it here. If you have a project that is taking whatever money it does make or retain, and it pays it back into the project, and let's say that project pays you reflections, essentially what it's doing is it's trying to persist the value of your bag that's in your wallet, right? But what happens, it, it, ultimately that's still, like all you can really do is sell it. If you're concerned about losing a value, all you can do is sell it. When the green candle starts showing up and the price started moving to the positive across the board, safe who's going down, which I speculate is because basically it was drained. It ran out of funds and now it needs to rebuild those funds. And the only way to do that potentially would be to sell off some of the inventory. So now it's a decision as an investor. You think about the project. It's another thing to consider when you do your analysis. Think about how they're going to how they're going to treat your value. Are they going to pay you to compensate for the loss of value, which goes to basis? And I'll talk about basis on possibly a different episode. Maybe I'll talk about it here, but are they going to pay you directly? So passive payment, or are they going to try to stabilize the value? And which do you really care about? As you build a diverse portfolio, it's something you're going to want to think about and really think about it. <laughs> Don't, I think we're getting to the world now that's less about the dog coins and all this. They're still a thing, but I think that they're losing a lot of their steam. You do have those outliers. Voltimu is an outlier, I would argue. You have outliers that are able to succeed, but by and large, we are seeing kind of this gravitation towards more fundamental tokens. You know, the ever rises of the world as an example. Now, the reasoning, your logic, your, your whole foundation for your portfolio should shift. You should start thinking about what is it I really want my portfolio to do for me? If I'm going to be one of those that's to the moon, let's go, go. That's up to you. Or are you one that's passive income? Or are you one that's investing in ones that you believe in ethically or morally? Like you want to think about the why I would argue more than we did before. Just some food for thought based on this whole fiasco that we see with the price movement on these projects. I'm not trying to tinfoil you or freak you out or any of that. Just to say, I think now is the time to really think deeper about projects and your portfolio and how things work. And I'm going to dig a little bit more into that as well as basis. I, I think I'll do it on this episode. I want to cover a couple cryptos and then we'll circle back on that. Let's go ahead and get into some crypto chatter real quick. Um, this won't take too long. I purposely have said I am going to streamline episodes 
while this whole you know situation with my endeavor works itself out. Now that we're going to be starting next week, I will be ramping back up slowly over time to the regular cadence. So you'll get back to the news and everything else. I purposely stayed away from the news because usually those take a little bit to discuss and research. So I'm focusing more on basics of what's already obvious, like it's the top of what I see. And then getting back into the underdog tokens, which I will be doing. Fortunately, there are less of those. Like the, a lot of these are now, they're, they're basically mainstream long before I even see them, which is good. And we're seeing a gravitation away from telescam. Not totally, but somewhat. And I've got a little bit of updates on that one. So with cryptos, I want to circle back on this nonsense of elephant money. I covered elephant money on a previous episode. And for me, I didn't see anything wrong with it per se, but I, I figured it was way too complicated. I thought they had way too many layers of a thing and this creates a risk. Well, elephant money's price has been way down in the jump. This one got allegedly hacked back in April, mid April to be exact. They claimed at the time that they were going to replenish it from this other fund that they had. They were basically just going to compensate everything back. I have not seen anything come back. I haven't seen the price improve. I haven't seen any up or anything else. All I saw was a bunch of fluff messages talking about we're here, we're still here, we're still here, we're still here. They apparently there was some video and I don't know if it came from them or somebody else talking about how we're going to recover and recoup. And it seems like that their community is still strong. And there was nothing that like, you know, there was some people that felt like, like there was one guy I saw and he was taking this leader to the task because it was just something, something, something went wrong. and It was sketchy in how this was done. What he said was basically this guy, apparently he's like really brilliant. He went to college. He wrote the whole thing himself, but there was some audit firm and he didn't either. He didn't listen to them or he didn't. Something happened where he dropped the ball. And this guy said, you know, you dropped the ball. You need to own that. You got it wrong. And that's what caused this thing. So this elephant money comes out and says, you know, this didn't come from inside. Your funds are straight up. Okay. Don't worry about it. We're going to replenish this thing. We're going to recover. We're going to get back. We're going to get back. We're going to get back. I saw no and have not seen any activity saying that they are going to get back. All I see is a bunch of messages that say, no, we're legit. We were audited. We're legit. We were audited. We're going to be okay. I think for me, if you're the kind of investor like I am, I am not looking for the, hey, we're legit. Don't worry about it. I'm looking for what is the plan to fix it and go forward. And so my, what I'm saying is that the way that the devs or one guy, whatever is acting on this is not for me acceptable. I have a big problem on this because all I see is just messaging talking about that it, this is why it's not a scam. Like when you're taking so much time to convince somebody that it's not a scam, I start to think it's a scam. I'm not accusing them of it. I'm educating guys that are, and gals that are listening that when you spend this much time trying to convince and persuade me that it's not a scam, that's scamming. I would expect messaging that talks about what you're going to do to fix it. How are you going to fix this? So these guys employed the services of a company called PeckShield. PeckShield is good. They have notification widgets that tell you about different, you know, exploits. So if you're on Twitter, I do recommend following their account. 
because it'll notify you when exploits happen. It'll tell you what potentially happened, how something happened. They completed the audit, did Peck Shield, and they gave off the findings. It was nothing that we didn't already know. What they finally did, though, is they said, okay, we're good to say that we can go ahead and put the money back in there. We're weeks after the fact here. We're almost a month out from this dude. This should be concerning in any project. What I called out, the overcomplexity of a thing. Just layers and layers of needless complexity. Just way too complex. When you have that much complexity, it's inevitable that something's going to be missed and something's going to be dropped and this kind of thing can happen. That's why I call it as a risk. I might think the contract is okay as a code. I might think that the devs are nice people, but I never like to see that there's over complexity and layers of a thing. That was my issue with abracadabra money, the magic internet money. Same thing, just layers and layers and layers that you don't need to do. And when you do that, you're essentially purposely creating a Ponzi scheme. That's what I want to see. I'm not saying that they are or are not a Ponzi scheme. I'm saying that I am concerned in their response and for any project that behaves like that, they're automatically going to be on my hit list with an S because I don't support any project just purposely trying to persuade me, persuade me, persuade me, persuade me that it's not a scam. So they're still allegedly in the in the process of rebuilding, but they're still at this point of just trying to explain to people that they're not a scam. Apparently they called the DOJ and they're escalating it as far as the the government and all this stuff. So they're taking it serious. Once again, you can feel in however you want to confidence in whatever project that you do. Just for me, I have a big concern with the way things are doing what they're doing. And any project that does this is automatically going to get negative feedback from me. And you'll hear that I'll cover it and say, I, this over complexity, I think it's, I'm gonna call it a high risk, just like certain pre-sales. It's like, I'm going to call out super high risks when I see super high risks. All right. With other ones in the, in the deck, there was another project that I covered a while ago and it's called the baked beans project for the Binance. And I did a follow on where I said that there were some issues on baked beans at a high level. My biggest issue with them was aesthetics. I didn't see anything other than the aesthetics. I felt like this is really not good. This project now has, it's gone crazy. It's exploding. There's a lot of money. People are throwing out crazy amounts of money. And okay, this, I looked at it deeper and I'm not going to do a great coverage, but I looked at it deeper. And what I saw is something that Libero called out. They called out something around the liquidity and the ratio that I hadn't even taken into consideration, but now that they've, they've broken it down, it's something I'm going to start looking at when I cover tokens in the future, which is the ratio in the liquidity pool. The liquidity pool, it, for those listening on the podcast, I did this on YouTube, never here. There's a person on YouTube, his name's CoffeeZilla. He's got like a million subscribers. He's one of the most popular out there. He recently did coverage on SafeMoon. And he was exposing that basically he thinks it's a big scam and a lot of people have stolen money from the investors. This is factual. You can verify it yourself. But what's what I want you to look at, if you take a look at his stuff, he actually has video inside that safe moon coverage of how the liquidity pools work. And he talks about the ratio. Basically, the liquidity pool is a pair, essentially. 
you have a pair of whichever token. So in this case, let's say SHIB, right? And then some other token that's used as the currency to acquire it. So in this case, let's say that it's Ethereum. And this pair has a ratio. And there are healthy ratios that you want to see. If you have enough SHIB in this liquidity pool, it allows people to purchase it. Their purchases, then if we use Ethereum as an example, those purchases are going to deplete, right, the SHIB side, and they're going to increase the money side or Ethereum side. But then what happens during a bear period? During a bear period, that gas token loses its value. Now the ratio gets thrown off. This is one of the reasons, not the only, but one of the reasons why you start seeing these shifts in the price of things. It's because as there's bear season, major sell-offs, and they're doing all these changes like the dumping of Bitcoin and all this stuff. If they're paired to the other cryptocurrency, it throws the ratio off, which throws the price off. When you have cryptos that try to tie to stable coins, and there are quite a few of those, the problem is that many people don't hold a lot of stable coins in order to buy into these projects. It's almost always the gas token. Well, look what happened recently with that NFT minting garbage. If you didn't know, there's a, some organization was minting a bunch of NFTs and it spiked gas prices to like 900 bucks. There was somebody that was like $7,000 because it basically brought the network to its knees. And then as a result, the volume starts shifting because people can't afford to transact and we saw some price de declines, some steep ones in some cases, all tied to the, the impact that all this has on the liquidity pools. So now it got me thinking, that's a criteria that I should probably do on my score report is, or the smoke report is to say, I want to understand if it has a healthy balance of liquidity. And if it does, then I'm going to go ahead and give it a great thumbs up. Yep, we're all good. And if it does not, then I won't. But I'm going to actually look into this. I want to know that in my investment, this is being well taken care of and that there actually are investing money into this process. And if they're not, I'm going to call them out on it. That actually rolls nicely into the next bit I want to talk about, which is exit scams. For those that don't know, an exit scam works like this. And just to be clear, exit scams are illegal outside the crypto bubble. They're allowed in crypto because there's never been a regulation around them. However, they should harm sentiment of the investors and the world. And unfortunately, there's so many new investors coming in, they don't know any better. In a simplest form, picture a situation, and this goes to why I don't like shillers. I'm talking true shillers. Picture a situation where I have somebody who partners with a project, and this project currently is at an all-time low, all-time low, and as a result, I can get a significant amount of tokens for a very low price. Let's say I can get, you know, millions of tokens, and I only spend like $20 in this thing. I'll take it a step further. If I were able to spend now at that price, if I get millions of tokens for 20 bucks, I could spend thousands of dollars on that project and instantly become a whale because its price is at an all-time low. This person who has purposely partnered to shill it, like a Kim Kardashian, a Jake Paul, or any of the other ones that you can tell that all they're doing is shilling the damn thing. If they're able to get that price to move to enough that their entry price 
even if it doesn't double, but let's say it goes up by, you know, 50% or something. That's a huge amount of money because their upfront investment made them a whale. You just didn't realize it. When we had the Titano situation, Titano devs stole money from a whale. The whale was smart enough to buy in. They spent $16,000. This thing jumps. However, it jumped. They were a millionaire. The Titano devs stole this guy's or gal's money from them. I didn't agree with it. And I called them out on it. Some of their community apparently agreed with me that they didn't support this and investor sentiment was harmed. But the other net effect is the investors that are holding at a certain price point get wrecked, essentially. I kept calling out that Seifu is the same situation. Seifu launched at $10 per coin. There were people who were smart enough because they knew the pump was coming that might have bought hundreds of these things. It then unreasonably skyrockets to 330 a coin. Because of FOMO, natural FOMO, people would have bought in on that way up. They see the green candles, they jump in and just buy it. So it hits 200 or some odd that's still on growth vector up and they're not knowing where it's going to plateau. So they just FOMO into it. Hits 330, craps all the way down to like 120 at points. Has never hit back to the 200 yet. The people who bought above the 200 mark are all wrecked. But you got to think about why did it get such an unreasonable pump? There's multiple reasons. But ultimately, there was a lot of shilling of Seifu, partly by the car salesman, partly by actual paid shills, whose sole purpose in life was to pump it to a certain level. We actually saw the same thing with ETH fan token ecosystem. And so this exit scam strategy, we're seeing it more and more. We're seeing more and more that people are only looking to initially get that pump and just basically dump it off that pump. We're seeing this a lot with these, these unrealistic APY ones because they know that that pump's going to be huge. It could be like 10x fresh out the gate. We also see it, unfortunately, in projects with the devs themselves where the devs were holding a big bag. Even if it says, quote, lock liquidity, if the project had paid the devs in advance, it's the same thing. They dump off their bags. We actually saw this with Satama. We saw some devs were dumping bags. This is starting to get worse before it gets better. Once we start seeing these pre-sales, private sales, all these things, you can now flag those as potentially pumps and dumps in the making. And as I do my analysis, I already call out if it's a pre-sale is there because that creates a risk. I'm going to be adding private sales because private sales, the problem is, how do you know it's not just a bunch of your buddies able to buy at the discount and profit off you when they dump? How do you know that there's not influencers involved in the process? In what I'm building, I created a structure that I can help if a project needs like Libero. I've offered to help them in communication because it's the one thing they suck at. I don't shill any project. I don't need to. If you've got the fundamentals, I'll help you. But I'm going to call it straight down the middle. That's my only condition and my only term. I had another project, an NFT-based one. I sent them my terms. Haven't heard anything back. I'm not going to chase them. It is what it is. They may not like my terms because I'm not going to go to their telescam. I'm not going to shill them. And I'm calling it straight down the middle. And if I call out issues, you need to fix those. That's my terms. But other than that, if you're willing to work with me, that means I know you're serious and you want that smoke. And I will help you 
to whatever success I can because I believe that I can. If I'm going to be an investor, I want to help you to that success. One of the conditions for them could be that they compensate me in some of the cryptocurrency. In mine, I said, you can lock it up for however long. So take Libero. If they did come back and I've had multiple of their community say they're going to try to hammer the devs to get on board with me. If they came back and said, yes, we want to have you be our talk piece to help people and provide some coverage. Great. Take the coins, take the tokens, toss them in my liberal bank, lock them for four years. I don't care. I'm getting the passives, right? So you can lock them in four years. That way I can never dump on the project. I'm cool with that. I don't need to get enriched off you up front. I want to help you because that helps me. If I'm successful in getting your project to a level of success I think it can do, I don't mind that it's locked for four years. Why do I care? I'm not trying to dump on you. But others are trying to dump on these projects. So when I do coverage and I'm not in a partnership, I'm going to call out when I see there's a private sale. I'm going to call out when there's a pre-sale because you can't know if there's, and I already call out their shillers because you can't know if there's going to be that dump happening to you. What my ask is of you, this is my call to action to you, those listening to the show. If you get these projects that you see, you're, you see there's something might be there. It's got green candles. There's a lot of hype and all that. The first thing you should do is be skeptical of its long-term performance. Remember, projects like Libero are only five months old. It's still new. So I'm still testing it. You should test the projects. When you come across these ones that look like they might be something, you should test them. Now, if you're a gambler type trader, it's up to you how you handle that. But you should be, again, I would say don't YOLO into any project. Manage your risk. Manage and mitigate the risk that you're going to receive. Don't let the candles tempt you into throwing more than you can afford to lose. I had somebody on social media who said that he basically had tossed all his money. I'm pretty sure it was elephant money. He tossed all his money at it. And now he's trying to figure out what the heck's going on. I'm like, don't do that. Do not do that. Because you just don't know. May not even be a scam. Might be just that they get hacked and that's it. Might be that the dev gives up. Might be that the dev is incompetent. You simply don't know. So be careful. Just be careful with your trading. Be careful with your money. Your money is more important than everything else. I understand the potential for wealth. I got it. And I'm not telling you not to pursue projects. I'm not telling you not to invest in whatever or to invest in things. I'm saying be studious. Practice due diligence. Look for core fundamentals. Consider that if they're willing to take the time to give you a well-built website, if they're willing to take the time to put out a good white paper and publish a PDF, if they're willing to take the time to set up multiple social media platforms and actually use all of them, if they're willing to take the time to talk to you outside of Telescan, if they're willing to take the time to record YouTube videos showing their face, if they're willing to face the smoke and put their face and name and LinkedIn on their site. At that point, they're, they're showing you good faith. Like that's what I would recommend you look for are projects that are trying to show you good faith. They're going to be the ones that are going to be around the long haul. There have been many projects that look like they were going to be solid. Safern, great example. And it's gone because they never went beyond that glass ceiling. They never wanted to expose more than what they exposed. So it sounded good and people made money, but it didn't last. I think ETH fan token is going to be next. I think Rich Quack's going to follow at some point. There are so many other ones I suspect they're not going to last. People made money off them, sure. But now people coming in later, you're not going to be able to make as much money without a significant investment. If you have to invest more money than you're comfortable to, it's probably not worth it. 
And then consider that some projects are truly long hauls. Sometimes you have a project where at one point you can invest $50 and it just take you a year and it goes 10x or 20x or something. No problem. Maybe you toss that small amount of money because it's throwaway money for you as long as it's truly throwaway money. My only summary is that I'm going to do coverage and I'm going to look for more fundamentals. I'm going to look for the private sales now. Now that I'm thinking deeper about other things that might affect you as you're going through projects. So when I start my coverage back on the underdog tokens, you're going to hear me cover a little bit more than I have done. I'm going to be talking about the ratio of liquidity that takes a little bit longer to find sometimes, but I'm going to talk about the ratio of liquidity. I'm going to talk about the fundamentals that I see in private. Are they doing private sale? Are they doing like this whole business of Meta Cloud? They're pre-sales, a joke. And so it's now a red flag to me because I see that they're potentially doing something that might disadvantage other people. I don't know. I'm going to watch it. But these are the things I'm going to start flagging for you guys because I don't want you to be exploited if I can help avoid it. So now let me just cover a real bit and then I want to eat my Mexican food. And this just goes to kind of something I was talking about on YouTube. I have a video up there that covers passive income and compounding. And in it, I use Monopoly to help me visually demonstrate how passive income and compounding work. I strongly recommend you check that out when you get some time on our YouTube channel. You can get to it by going to YouTube and just searching for Crypto Talk Radio and we'll come up. I do recommend you check it out because if you're one of those that been curious about passive income strategies, it's probably the best way I can highlight for you the thought process behind it. And I make the comparison to a garden. I'm not going to spend time here. I'll probably do it as a separate episode on YouTube if I need to, but I think I did a pretty good job on that video and visual is always better and something like that. Suffice it to say that that's kind of where my direction has been because people have asked. My direction has been passive income investments, ones that just keep paying me. I'm less worried about the millionaire upfront risk type investments and more about ones that pay me. I want them to pay me and pay me big because that's what I'm mostly focused on is getting paid on a passive basis in, in return for my staking with them. I'm not advising you what to do. I'm just simply answering the call that people have been curious about far as my investment strategy and the kinds of things that are in my portfolio because I don't want to influence you quote unquote into any one project. I've never given any projects. However, what I plan to do at some point in the future, and this will be a triad member exclusive hint, hint, wink, wink is one of my coverages I'm going to do is a new type of coverage called a fave five. And anybody who knows Booker T knows what I'm talking about, but the fave five is going to be my ongoing changing list of my top five projects that I have my eye on and I've likely invested good money in and I'm going to be going through just high level just to have fun with it just to talk about the ones that have my eye and why they have my eye that's the fade five that's coming through the triad member only triad member exclusive live you'll see me so if that sounds of interest to you and it's what you kind of wanted you're going to want to become a triad member when I say triad member the membership tiers will explain where that is. It's the one that's going to give you the live access to the live. Once on live, you'll see me. We can chat. We can interact. You can ask questions. There's a lot there. So that's all I got for you for today's episode. Again, I kept it as slim as I wanted this time. However, next week, we will be back on our regular scheduled programming. I will be covering an underdog token with the new things I just talked about talking about private sales in addition to pre-sales, talking about liquidity ratio 
and I'm going to include kind of high level about the liquidity ratios to look out for. I'm going to cover tools that can help you identify these things. Market move AI is one of them, but that's Binance. So I'm going to be covering all that stuff. I've got a lot coming for you guys. My goal is to get better at the end of the day. My goal is to innovate where I can. And I'm focused on building out the site, CryptoTalkRadio.net. And going there, it should be obvious. I've spent a lot of time thinking about what I wanted and creating or working towards to create a community, a true community where we can start interacting more than we do. Because if I can be of help to people, that's what I want to do. So that's all I got for you. Next week, I will check in with you. And I hope that the green candles we're temporarily seeing are making you feel better about the at least short-term future. I think good things are coming. I think it's a patient waiting game. My goal is to simply inform and educate as best I can while we weather the storm. So follow along. I'm not going to leave you behind. We will get through it all together. I'm not going to give you the wag me quote, but we will get through it together. I promise I'll give as much information as I can, but I'm only one person. There's a lot of other people doing great stuff. And I will always call out names of people I think giving great coverage. You can check them out too. 